0: Welcome friends, you found the Out of the Ordinary Podcast. I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm Christy Purifoy. And this is the place where we believe that the very best stories grow out of the soil of ordinary life. A few of my favorite ordinary things are hitting snooze on the alarm clock, hot coffee with heavy cream, and a new local cafe with great writing spots.
1: Lisa Joe, I love wrapping up in a cozy cardigan going for long walks on cold afternoons, and warming up around a real fire.
0: All right, friends, here's today's conversation. Get comfy. Here we go. Christy, I've got tired eyes this morning and a cup of coffee in my hand, not tea. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) I had to go for the hard stuff this morning. (laughs) I have coffee, and you know why, because you have coffee, too. I do. We've been busy this week. Been There's been some late week. nights, haven't there? There <laughs> have. I mean, for good reason. But it's definitely felt like that feeling I used to get in high school before finals or college, you know, with finals week. And you just get, it builds and builds in intensity as you're trying to prepare. And for anybody who listened to our episode last week, you know, last week we delivered you Hoff. Of What we've been planning for you, which is a care package called paper and string that comes into the world February 1st, the first edition, and it'll be coming out monthly. It's a care package from the Black Barn at Maplehurst. So when we look out the windows and we see the Black Barn, we've always said we wanted to gather people at the barn. And so many people have said they wish they could come, but not everybody can come in person. And we didn't ever want the Black Barn to feel like something that was out of reach. We wanted to find a way to bring it to you. And so half of that has been this lovely care package, a digital care package that will come out every month from the Black Barn at Maplehurst. And it has these five little mini packages inside of it that you'll be able to unwrap. And our mini packages within the package are categories called Read, Listen, Taste, Grow, and gather. And the idea is that every month you will have these five mini packages to unwrap and that we hope will feed all of your senses, that you will get to experience in your own home a little slice of the black barn that's just come to sit down next to you on the sofa or spend time with you in the living room or gather with you and your friends, that you won't feel like you have to up and come all the way to Pennsylvania, but instead we'll send you a The care package on the road, if you listened to last week's episode, and if you haven't, you should go back because we talk about the South African word called patkos, which means food for the journey or food for the road, which is what we hope this digital package, paper and string, will feel like to you. But it's just half the equation, half the story is the care
1: package that we want to bring to you. But the other half is the barn itself. Mm -hmm, That's right. The other half is community, a word that we... I think use a lot here on the podcast, and you'll see it in Paper and String. Paper and String is the offering, the artistic creation of a community. So it doesn't just include elements that Lisa, Joe, and I have written or uh, created for you. It has that, but it also has creative offerings from others in our community. So it's about community. But I feel like I want to tell some stories maybe here in the podcast to help us unpack that idea of community because I know, Lisa Joe, that I have had over the years, I've learned a lot about what that word even means and why it matters for my life. I think for a long time, I thought it meant friendship. And right. it certainly involves friendship. <laughs> and. Right. This podcast is so much about friendship. Our conversations are rooted in our two decades of friendship. So community involves friendship, but community and friendship aren't equivalent. Community, um, I think, is maybe a bigger circle or something that, you know, there's overlap, but community is more. So, goodness, how to tell this story, what I have learned about community. Okay, community... Let me let me go back. Let me rewind a bit. And many of our listeners know, I've often told stories about the time before we moved here to this farmhouse in Pennsylvania, the time before we moved to Maplehurst. We were um, living in Florida, and we were just there a short while, and it was a season for us of not having community. And so it was a season of loneliness. I didn't have many friends then, and I felt that lack Of relationship very intensely. And it was in that time that I started to dream about moving to some other place and cultivating a place that in some way could be about community. I just, that word was lodged in my heart. And I don't think even then I knew what it meant. I don't think I even understand what I was longing for other than I didn't want to be lonely anymore. So for me at that time, it it was really about friendship and not feeling lonely and wanting desiring to feel more connected to people and to create a place where other people who might also be feeling that lack could, could have their needs met. So, at that time, I just, again, in my ache and my longing, I was doing a lot of praying and reading my Bible, and there was a scripture, um, kind of a random one, Joel, I had to go look it up, actually, to even remember where to find it. It's Joel 3.18, and it says, A fountain will flow out of the Lord's house. And honestly, Lisa Joe, I'm not even sure what those words meant to me back then, but I know because I have my Bible here. I can look at it. I got out a ballpoint pen, and I wrote down next to that verse, fountain house dream. That gives me chills. I can't believe you actually
0: wrote those words. Do you remember what, what year would that have been?
1: That would have been 2011, maybe 2010. So like nearly a decade ago. Yeah, right. That's wild. Right. Yeah. I wrote Fountain House Dream, and I think what I meant by that is that I was dreaming of a place, and somehow those words about a fountain will flow out of the Lord's house just captured my heart, and I thought, I want a place that is like that, a place that is like a fountain. So, (laughs) fast forward to 2012— We did a whirlwind trip from Florida to Pennsylvania to try to find an old house to buy. We looked at several properties in one day. I was enormously pregnant at the time. We were under this deadline. My husband needed to start his job. I I was about to give birth. Oh, my goodness. We had one day to find a place. We looked at eight properties. One of those properties had a fountain out front. One.
0: I'm going to cry. I remember that silly fountain. (laughs) It wasn't operational, was it? It was just like, it's just the cement. Like, it looked like a big bird bath, kind of like that big round table with a lid, essentially. I don't know. Oh, Lisa Joe, it It
1: wasn't even connected to water. And I think the previous, oh, no, no, actually, I'm just remembering, Lisa Joe, this is what it was. The previous owners, before we closed, said, the fountain isn't included. Can we take it with us? (laughs) I didn't know that part. Yes. So John and I were like, oh, man, that was the thing that really <laughs> that meant spoke something us. to us. <laughs> but we, we couldn't derail the deal. So we said, yes, yes, take your inoperable fountain. <laughs> And and then I think it was maybe two years later that Jonathan brought home a little fountain from the hardware store and he actually connected the water and sometimes it worked and often it didn't. And then one winter, terrible winter, it like blew over in a storm and broke into bits. And that's
0: <laughs> the story of our fountain. And I remember it as just one of those. It's funny, like this rundown annoyance because of the broken pieces whenever we have the Easter egg hunt. Uh When the kids are running down the lawn, it used to be this thing
1: that you had to sidestep or go around and have little kids not fall (laughs) over it. Oh, my goodness, the fountain. But I tell you, so with all the drama of the fountain, still seeing it that day was like a little, like just a little love note, a little grace note, a little nudge saying... I know you don't know what's next, but you are on the path. Take the next step. And yes, the one house with the fountain was Maplehurst, and we were able to come here. We were able to move here, and that that was really the the seed of this fountain house dream. But Lisa Joe, I, I think I thought that was it, right? That that was it. It was just that little bit of and knowing. And what was the verse again? Can you read it one more time so I have it in uh, my yeah. mind now? Joel 3.18, a fountain will flow out of the Lord's house. And at first you thought it was just
0: about finding, like finding identifying the, the property, not exactly. beyond that. Isn't that interesting how yeah. often, I mean, that is the history of the scriptures, how often we think what God promises is for us. Mm-hmm. So like you identify this as, as like, yes. oh, look, it's my house because here's yes. my fountain. How oh, interesting yes. that God has now slowly grown your perception so much beyond.
1: Oh, that's so true. Because I, I yes, I thought this is refreshment I would receive. This is a mm. place that would meet my needs for relationship and community and connection. I think I began, my my vision began to take that first shift Away from just me <laughs> and the personal. Maybe it was a year or so later, I was um, going for a walk in the neighborhood that surrounds our home. And I really feel like it was one of the first times where I recognized that once you um, sort of step down into the neighborhood and walk on the sidewalks and the trails, that you're much lower. And I was surprised as I walked around that sort of every so often as I would turn, I would catch glimpses of my house, but just from these different angles. And it was always sort of set up above. And I I recognized, I think for the first time, that it, it really does sit on this hearst, this hill, Maplehurst does. And it's... When you're there when I'm here in my house I don't always feel that. It's not like a mountain. It it I don't recognize always that I'm on this hill, but walking around the neighborhood I could see it. And I was just praying and walking and and thinking as I tend to reflect. Like why am I here? What is my life about? <laughs> what is my purpose? <laughs> And all of a sudden, it was like I could see my house up there, and I felt like I could see streams of water like flowing from the house down into the neighborhood. And again, as we do, we try to you know categorize these things and understand these things. And I just thought, oh, okay, I need to reach out to my neighbors. You know, I need to, need to get more connected to the people around me. And I think that was part of it. That was the next step. But, oh, Lisa Joe, this week, as you and I prepare to, with others, take new steps in cultivating a place for community, I'm remembering that fountain house dream. I'm remembering that scripture. I'm remembering that image I saw of water flowing out of this house. And here's why I'm telling this story I live in a special place, but we all live in special places. We all live in places made by God, where we have been planted by God, we all live in fountain houses. (laughs) We Mm. do. And we might experience the upswelling of living water and of life and of connection between people in homes, in church buildings, in living rooms where we gather with others. But it is when we gather together in a place that I think we can really experience that fountain that is always flowing out of the Lord's house and into our midst. I think this is a promise of, like for all of us, of what we can receive and of what we can give, that we can all cultivate places that can be fountain houses. So when you and I, and we're about to to really share some things about our heart and our vision for the Black Barn here at Maplehurst, when we talk about this place and what we want to cultivate here and how we hope it flows into the lives of others, I think what we're saying is that we hope people will be refreshed in ways here so that they can go and cultivate their own <laughs> fountain mm. places, right? So, community then isn't just about friendship. It isn't yes. just, this is a great, hell, we have a place to hang out and have right. fun. It is that. It is. I mean, you and I hang out here, right? We hang out in the barn. <laughs> we have a like good that? time. It's a lot of fun. But community is something, I don't know, like deep water. It is when we gather together, we're able to receive life and abundant life in our midst in ways that, I'm going to be honest, sometimes is not fun. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Mm. Sometimes we're just, we're serving and it feels like sacrifice. Sometimes we're being refined or shaped in ways by relationship that um, might be harder but even though I'm using words like hard or refining, let me tell you, it is so good mm. and so necessary. And it is life. Like, it, it's it, it's life-giving. Does that make sense at all? Yeah,
0: I think, you know, the difference between the words friendship and community, sometimes friendship, I think, can have... A hidden meaning that implies it's for me somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, people will say things like, I don't have friends, or I reached out to them, but they didn't get back to me, or invited mm-hmm. people, they didn't come, or why doesn't anybody include me? Friendship is tends to be a me-focused word. I don't know mm-hmm. that that it's intended that way in the Bible, but I do think it's how we use it. Mm-hmm. And there's something about community that forces a shift, where now it isn't just me as the center of that word community recognizes now there's more more even than just one there are Mm -hmm. many others where I'm not at the center anymore and when we've when from the beginning of this podcast our our desire has never been that the black barn at Maplehurst would be the center yeah. But instead that it would be a gathering point mm-hmm. and our hope with paper and string and now the community offering that comes with it is that we would invite you into something to help you experience it and feel encouraged but then to look around your own life and say okay what does that look like here this idea of being a fountain into the lives of others that is the heart of community and you can have a fountain house whether you live in an apartment or a small rental house or you're overseas and you're living in a tiny apartment that the church has given you if you're Mm -hmm. missionary family like we knew or you're living in a tiny flat in the back of your parents house which i've done (laughs) in the past as well Maybe you've never owned a home ever. I had never owned a house until Peter and I had been married for 17 years. We never owned a home. But everywhere we have lived, we have experienced what it means to say we are going to offer community here. And so I guess without further ado, we'll just simply say that what we want to offer you along with this digital subscription to Paper and String, which is a care package you get to unwrap, is an invitation into a community online that we are calling the Black Barn Collective. And I like the word collective because it has that same communal feel. It's not just about Christy. It's not about me. It's not about her husband, Don, or my husband, Pete, or even the artists who are creating Paper and String. It's about us. Mm -hmm. It's about the collective of us who recognize that art and words and music and food and growing living things and gathering that these things are important but we also acknowledge that we don't want to open them just individually by ourselves in our own homes we want to come back together we want to as a collective have conversations around these topics that matter to us Mm -hmm. we want to offer you spaces where you are in community when you receive paper and string so that you're reminded it isn't just about us and it isn't just about you It's about all of us together, which is how we've always felt since the beginning of the podcast, but just haven't had a way to really express that yet. And now, because of many sleepless nights, (laughs) we do.
1: (laughs) That's right. Essentially, we're opening the doors for everyone who subscribes in February to Paper and String. In Paper and String, you'll, you'll have the instructions to join us in a virtual black barn, essentially. And... It's something that I feel like the idea has always been there for me. Every time I would invite people to the actual barn, often people would respond and say, Oh my goodness, I wish I could come, but I live so far or I'm busy that day. And I always felt like there was some invitation for me in that, that somehow would God make a way that I could... Create a place for even those people who don't live here near me in Pennsylvania. So, always there was this idea could there be some sort of virtual barn? But I'll be honest with you, Lisa Joe, the only context I had for that was like Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to be honest, I don't love Facebook. It's a kind of noisy place, and I do use it, and I appreciate the connections I have with some family and friends there. But um, it's not a place I necessarily look forward to visiting. <laughs> Let's just right. Say. And we wanted to offer a space too that felt set apart in a way.
0: I think one of the things I love about visiting the actual Black Barn at Maplehurst is that's the feeling you get, that you are taking a moment to pause and step outside of your daily rhythms, your daily routines, any of the chaos that feels like it's in your mind. You're you are doing that thing we've talked about in previous episodes. There's a camp we used to go to as kids called Kyara, C-Y-A-R-A, and it comes from a verse in the book of Mark. Where Jesus invites his disciples to come ye apart and rest a while. Mm. And Maplehurst and the Black Barn have always offered that to travelers, to neighbors, to friends, to you know, mm. family, to come apart and rest a while. And so when we were thinking about how do we offer that experience to everyone, not just the people who could happen to travel there in person, how do we offer that to everybody? We knew. We wanted to offer it in a way that felt like you were a part, that you weren't just in the middle of your Facebook scroll, you know, in between recipes and somebody's political rant and photos Mm -hmm. from the trip. We didn't want to then have the black bar and like right in the middle of that. We wanted you to feel like you actually took a step out (laughs) of Mm -hmm. your normal rhythm and you opened the door and you went into a space that felt quieter and more reflective. And, you know, If you're listening now, you've maybe been following along my journey. I am now nearly three full months off social media, which is crazy to me to think about. And I was doing research this past week about establishing habits. How long does it take to establish a new habit? Because one of the reasons I had gotten off social is I realized after a decade in that space, I had just developed some unhealthy habits. And I think we all struggle with that. And I mean, the most common ones I hear people talk about all the time, and it was me too, is the waking up in the morning and just scrolling through social media, or if I'm at a doctor's appointment or anywhere I'm waiting, the instinct just to pick up your phone and scroll. And the problem with that is it can bleed into your life when you're at home. You know, now I'm going to start a work project, but let me just check in quickly and see what's happening on Facebook. And then 40 minutes have gone by. And what, yeah. have, what have I done with that time? <laughs> and I realized I was filling up my life not with community not with friendship, but essentially with distraction. Mm -hmm. And it was a habit that I didn't know how to break without some drastic steps. And so I stepped off of social media, all of it, and it's been nearly three months. And I was doing this really interesting research that, you know, when, if you look, if you just Google, how long does it take to start a new habit? The, most of the people think it takes around 21 days is this understanding, this belief. But what's interesting about that is it's actually a fallacy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's longer than that. So 21 days originated, of course, with a story, Right. <laughs> I love that. (laughs) Back in the 1950s, there was a plastic surgeon and his name was Dr. Maltz. And he observed that when he had done plastic surgery on patients, so like say now they have a new nose or chin or whatever it is, it was actually quite shocking to them to see themselves in the mirror, this new feature on their face. And so he started paying attention to how long it took before they could see themselves in the mirror without having a surprise or a negative reaction. Hmm. And he paid the same attention to patients of his who were amputees. So because he was a plastic surgeon, he worked with patients who might need to have an amputation. And he talked about how patients would sense what they called a phantom limb. We all know what that is, right? That idea where they think their arm is still there. And it took them about 21 days before they adjusted to the fact that they had a, a missing limb, or if they had had plastic surgery till they adjusted to whatever the new nose or cheekbones or chin, whatever it was. 21 days he is is about the time he noticed it took them to adjust. And what's interesting is that in 1960, he actually published a quote about this on this behavior change. And he had a book called, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this right, psycho and it went on to sell like 30 million copies wow yeah and in this book he talks about this how he's noticed it takes a minimum of 21 days for people to adjust to some new physical attributes to do with their body that book is the source now of every other self-help guru has quoted this number 21 days But what's interesting is that in London, University College London, in a study published in the European Journal of Social Psychology, a psychology researcher, it's a woman, her name is Philippa Lally, they did a study to determine if that's accurate, this 21 days number. And what they discovered is two interesting things. Number one, this initial doctor, Dr. Maltz. He had said a minimum of 21 days was required for these patients. And he had also said, based on his own behavior, like with himself, so he started looking at his own habits, it took him about 21 days. But he hadn't done like hard scientific data research. Mm. He was basing it on just his own casual observations. And he had said a minimum of 21 days, okay? That wasn't like the hard and fast number. So when these psychology researchers did a study to determine how long it actually takes to form a habit, they studied the habits of 96 people over a 12-week period. And what they discovered, so interesting, is that on average, it actually takes more than two months before Mm. a new habit becomes automatic. 66 days, if you want to be exact, is what they said. Not 21, but 66. And for some people, it'll take longer, up to four to six months. But two months is what they say from a scientific point of view. Okay, Lisa Jo, where are you going with all of this? I thought (laughs) we were talking community. So I've been off social media now for 84 days. I've Ah. passed the 66-day mark. So I'm quite pleased with myself. And so I can say I have... Both broken the habit of mindless scrolling on Instagram, and I feel like I've accomplished a new habit where, when it comes to what do I do with that downtime, either I don't mindlessly reach for my phone anymore. Now I have books that I'm trying to work my way through, projects that I'm doing, people I know I need to call and connect with. There's now a new rhythm in my brain that has rewired. Hmm. Okay. I tell you all of that to explain why it felt important to us to have a community like this not to be connected to social media. We do not want to be part of the mindless scroll that happens. Mm-hmm. We don't want to feed into any habits of yours that all of us struggle with. So I'm not pointing figures here, but we just don't want to feed into that cultural force field of Mm. social media. We want to offer you a place to come ye apart and rest a while. A place Mm -hmm. that's removed from some of those difficult habits to break. And a place that offers a gathering that when you step into that place, your mindset is reminding you, oh, I'm not on social media right now. This isn't part of my daily scroll. This is a new place. I've stepped through the door into something else. Okay, so get to the point, Lisa Jo. What is it? How do you how do you <laughs> host a community apart from social media? So it's not a blog. I'm going to let Christy say what it is because Christy, who is sort of the less technical one of this partnership, <laughs> is the one who discovered this
1: platform that we're so excited about. That's right, Lisa Jo. I think I just started Googling in desperation. <laughs> online alternatives to Facebook groups. And I found a platform called Mighty Networks. And essentially, what it does is it provides the infrastructure to serve groups, people who want to connect online, who want to have a digital, virtual gathering space, but want to do it privately, want to do it in a quiet, set-apart way. And so using Mighty Networks, which you know, they have a website, they have an app. So now I have their app on my phone. We have created a place on their network called the Black Barn Collective. So for those who um, subscribe and join us and, you know, receive paper and string month to month, those who who go ahead and decide to do that in this first week of February, they'll receive an invitation to this virtual barn. And our hope is that because it is separate from social media, because it does take... You have to remember it's there. You have to remember, oh, yeah, I could go to the barn. <laughs> you know, you have to remember to, to either sit down at your computer and go to the webpage or open your phone and, and click on the app and step into the Black Barn Collective. It takes a little bit more intentionality that when we do show up in that space, we will show up in ways that I think and hope and pray will um, naturally facilitate community. But also— and here I'm just gonna admit, we are calling this the beta black barn <laughs> Collective. <laughs> We're learning. We are learning. I still have so many questions about how it will actually work. And oh my goodness, we'll we'll you know, we'll grow and learn together. But <laughs> in this beta group, we do have a lot of ideas about um, ways to structure the community or things we could offer there that we hope would make it more than more than just. A place to come and chat about the podcast and talk about what you read in paper and string or the recipe that was in paper and string and you tried it and here's your picture you know it, it will be that absolutely but could it also be a community that is a fountain a community that refreshes that fills us up that shapes us that transforms us i mean think about water lisa joe we think of it as this like Fluid, nothing, right? It's weak. Oh, my goodness. Water is one of the strongest forces on the planet. It carves out canyons. I mean, think of the Grand Canyon carved out by a river. Water is so powerful. And so, if we step into a place where we have invited this, I'll go back to Joel 3.18, a fountain will flow out of the Lord's house. We can expect to be changed. We can expect to have sharp rocky edges smoothed out Um, and so could this also be a community that is formative where we are saying together we want to be formed we want to be shaped let's read a book together let's respond to a a thoughtful reflective prompt week to week Um, so we're we're, yeah we're thinking about ways to be intentional in that space um, and we are excited for those who will sense that this invitation is for them and who will step into that place with us. We hope you'll think of it a little bit like a social media silent retreat, a place to come
0: apart from the chaos that's constantly just rushing by all of us on a daily basis for a deliberate reflection. And part of what we hope to offer there are really elements that have to do with creativity, art, both the written word, the spoken word, um, art that you you know see, like, paint and sculpture and music, recipes, gardening, growing, gathering, um, but also we hope to offer a form of spiritual direction, a place where we really ask intentional questions, where we reflect on our lives, where we do the kind of work Christy and I have been trying to share week by week here with you all, but in a more intentional deeper way. We hope we dig deep roots. We hope we plant new seeds. But we also hope we inspire you to go and build your own black barn, essentially, right? That you look around your lives at the people in it and what you have to offer to your community. That it isn't something you have to just receive from us, but that you'd be inspired to go and do likewise where you are and I was looking at some of the reviews on the podcast recently, and were so struck by this beautiful one that was sent in by, it says, by mom of three, <laughs> which immediately mm-hmm. my heart resonates. But she wrote something that really struck me about the podcast and that I hope we really offer at the Black Barn Collective. She says, every Wednesday, the first notes of the Out of the Ordinary podcast reach my ears as I pull out of my boy's school. The stories and conversation between Lisa Joe, and Christy are my companions on my long drive to work. The stories, friendship, and laughter invite me into a place of quiet and rest during my midweek slump. I've been a listener from day one and will continue to be for many years to come. And I love that the podcast already feels that way, that it invites you into a place of quiet and rest, but it only comes out once a week. And the hope with Black Barn Collective is it will be a place always available to you for Mm -hmm. quiet and rest, for reflection, for introspection, um, and for inspiration. And so we're calling it beta because we are discovering what it is along with Mm -hmm. you. And so it will only be open to new members for the first week of February. That's it. Mm -hmm. And you know what? We're not going to have a big marketing drive or an advertising push because we are Mm -hmm. quite comfortable with it starting small. We like small things. And so if a small community join us, That'd be just right for, for us, yeah, I think. Okay. <laughs> but yes, seven days only. So by the time you're driving in your car, listening to this or putting away the dishes or folding laundry or in between projects at work, you only have a few days left before it closes this Saturday again. So if you haven't yet, you're going to want to go to the link in our show notes and you can go to blackbarncollective.com slash paper and string and you'll see all the information a lot of what we've shared is shared over there and you can click through and we're happy to share with you without any kind of excuse or embarrassment but there's a fee attached to this it's very very small but it allows us to cover the (laughs) really the virtual equivalent of the brick and mortar of a Mm -hmm. of a a bar and it allows us to um, make sure that the hosting expenses are covered and the email delivery system but it's only a small fee of five. $5.99 a month.
1: The other thing about that fee, Lisa Joe, is that, so even if the being a part of the collective or being in an online community isn't for you, everyone month to month can subscribe to Paper and String. I mean, that care package, we send, we create it with love and we send it out with love and we hope many people will receive that. So for $5.99 a month, even if um, the collective isn't for you, you can receive Paper and String and know that those few dollars every month Are supporting the creative work of some phenomenal faithful artists and placemakers and creatives who are a part of the collective who will be sharing their gifts through paper and string. So, to be honest, Lisa Joe, there is actually no part of me that would want to be able to give this away for free, only because, let me explain. I think it's a wonderful thing to participate in creativity, to participate in the arts, to participate in ministry by saying, I'm going to give something towards your work. So you're a, you're a, um, an illustrator, you're a designer, you are a writer, and I appreciate your offerings. And so I will help support you in that. And this to me feels like a really fun and accessible and easy way to do that to you know for a few dollars a month to do that to support um the work of some really incredible people so that's that's a part of it too i think you get a lot for 5.99 and and those people are not us. us. <laughs> it's not like we are the right.
0: artists we're talking up. There's a large community that's all contributing to Paper and String to make it beautiful and meaningful to all of you. And we want to be sure we honor their gifts. Mm-hmm. And let me be clear, too, that 5.99 dollars isn't for participating in the community. That's just for Paper and String. Mm-hmm. This month, as a free bonus, you get entry into the Black Barn Collective. So that is right. something we're offering really as a gift, apart from the subscription to Paper and String, to come in then and join The community, the Black Barn Collective is what we're calling it. So as people who are creatives, who have been in really the online space for a decade, creating content essentially just to gift to our listeners, to our blog readers, Mm -hmm. to our email subscribers. It is always a strange thing to make a shift where we say we're actually going to charge for something now. Mm -hmm. But I think for anyone who does meaningful work you realize just because the work has meaning doesn't mean now it should be considered sometimes as we do in faith circles we think well that's ministry we shouldn't we shouldn't attach any dollar value to that mm-hmm. and i think we're learning to get over that and to realize it's important to acknowledge that meaningful work has to be paid for somehow. (laughs) So if we want to offer something that's beautiful and meaningful, and we want to invite in spiritual directors to come and help guide the community, we want to tell them, listen, we honor you and your families because we want to be able to support your work in tangible ways to do with your bank account. So that's probably Mm -hmm. more than you expected to hear from us today. But we have actually had quite a lot of questions when we had our bonus episode for Christmas and when we started talking about paper and string, a lot of people asked And I have to say, in very kind ways, curious, kind listeners wanted to understand why there's a price attached to what we're offering now. Now, listen, the podcast will continue to be free. Um, You'll get Mm -hmm. a lot of content over here always. But if we want to go deeper in more meaningful ways, the way we think our community wants— then we need to actually be able to find ways to pay for that to happen. And so this is just our really frank way of explaining some of the behind the scenes as we think about going forward. And I guess on that note, I'll mention $5.99 is an intro price for people who start with us this month. I don't know. We haven't decided yet if it'll stay there. I think the chance is as we dig deeper into how we serve that community, that price might increase in order to allow us to serve you in wider ways in that community. But Mm -hmm. here we are first month of subscriptions is 5.99 and free entry into the collective with us.
1: I feel like we've said this a few times on the podcast, Lisa Joe, and I'm really excited to say it in a new way today. Just to tell our listeners, see you, not only see you at the black barn, but see you at the virtual Black Barn, see you at the Black Barn Collective, see you in the pages of paper and string. I love that now there are all these places where we really will have a chance to connect with uh, this community that is growing up around the podcast and, and the other things we offer. So, wow, see you at the Black Barn. Yep. Just click through
0: now. Click the link in the show notes. It is easy peasy to come on in, sign up. We can't wait to meet you there.